Hello and greetings, and welcome to another edition of the And You Shall Know That I Am Yahweh, an Ezekiel podcast. I'm Ethan. I'm so glad that you've joined us and that you've given the gift of spending time as we consider more of what God has made known through Ezekiel. And again, we must provide a trigger and advisory warning that today we are exploring Ezekiel chapter 23, which does include very vulgar and lewd material. Uh, So you've been warned. We begin in chapter 23 and verse 1. The word of Yahweh came to me. Son of man, there were two women, the daughters of one mother. They played the whore in Egypt. They played the whore in their youth. There their breasts were pressed and their virgin bosoms handled. Ahola was the name of the elder, and Aholava the name of her sister. They became mine, and they bore sons and daughters. As for their names, Ahola is Samaria, and Aholava is Jerusalem. Ahola played the whore while she was mine, and she lufted after her lovers, the Assyrians, warriors clothed in purple, governors and commanders, all of them desirable young men, horsemen riding on horses. She bestowed her whoring upon them, the choicest men of Assyria, all of them, and she defiled herself with all the idols of everyone after whom she lusted. She did not give up her whoring that she begun in Egypt. For in her youth men had lain with her and handled her virgin bosom and poured out their whoring lust upon her. Therefore I delivered her into the hands of her lovers, into the hands of the Assyrians, after whom she lusted. These uncovered her nakedness, they seized her sons and daughters, and as for her, they killed her with the sword, and she became a byword among women, when judgment had been executed on her. So uh, Ezekiel is at this very crisis point again. Uh, This is chapter 23, the last timestamp we had was in chapter 20, it was around 591. And the next chapter is the next timestamp of 24, and it is 589. And the judgment has been decreed. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar's army in chapter 21 is now on the march between uh, the juncture between where you go to Rabbah of Ammon or going down to Jerusalem of Judah, and he is now on his way to Jerusalem of Judah. Uh, And at the beginning of chapter 24 will come the mark that the siege has begun. And so judgment is going to be enacted. We have seen in chapters 20 and chapter 22 the declarations of judgment and the the indictment against Jerusalem and Judah. Uh, In chapter 21 we had the sword being prophesied coming and what the sword was going to do. And now we have kind of a reprise of something we saw in chapter 16. In chapter 16, we saw um, the portrayal of Jerusalem as this girl that had been raised up by uh, God. Actually, she was a cast-off abortion that God found in her blood, uh, found something lovely in her, uh, brought her to life, gave her all kinds of uh, cleansing and beautiful jewelry and garments, and then she went and played the whore with uh, all who passed by. And she would be judged and exposed for that whoredom. Then she is also compared to her sisters Sodom and Samaria and seen to be making Samaria and Sodom seem righteous in comparison to uh, her and her conduct. And Ezekiel throughout has used shocking 
uh, very vulgar, very lewd and explicit language in order to convey the deep pain and sorrow and the depravity of the conduct. And here we have the same type of thing with uh, Ohola and Aholava. And we're told already who they are. Ohola is Samaria, Aholava is Jerusalem. And they are the city, but they're also kind of the embodiment of their people and the two kingdoms. Uh, and here we see again something we saw in chapter 20, this idea that in Egypt they experienced this kind of corrupting influence. Uh, the way that it's being put in the English standards kind of being very almost flattened, uh, the idea is that their breasts were squeezed, lovers fondled their virgin nipples. Uh, and Ezekiel was going to repeat this over and over again in chapter 23, squeezing the breasts and fondling the virgin nipples there in, in Egypt. And so the prostitution here, of course, the, the actual physical concrete referent is idolatry. And we're seeing it here as this kind of corrupting thing, uh, that when they were children, when they were young, you know, they were uh, corrupted in this way in Egypt. And uh, they had lust poured out upon them. And that's a way of looking at this in terms also of perhaps foreign policies we're going to see. And there's definitely a strong foreign policy element here. Uh, and of course, also the idolatry element. Whereas in chapter 16, the idolatry seemed to be front and center. In chapter 23, the foreign policy uh, seems to be more on the emphasis here. And so just like you, can, you are to see that a... Israel and Judah here are being seen, Samaria and Jerusalem, as kind of that uh, young woman who experienced some kind of, of sexual um, inauguration of the world of sexuality uh, at a very young age in an exploitative way. And so they kind of keep looking for that exploitative kind of, of sexual interaction. And, and, and that's in terms of the idolatry. This is a very searing, indicting thing. Again, this is extremely shameful conduct for women. It would bring reproach upon the family. Unbelievable shame in an honor-shame society. And um, if these were women in their society, they would accept that the judgments against them were just. And thus the idea is that the judgment they're experiencing from God, the condemnation of these places is just. And so in this first section, we're really looking at uh, Ahola, which is Samaria, and how um, the idea of this prostitution lusting after the Assyrians. Uh, the Assyrians, of course, are this very powerful group, and they have all these beautiful young men on horses, right? The, the army uh, seems great. It's interesting that in the actual history, we don't have a whole lot of indications that there was a lot of alliances between Assyria and Israel. Uh, Israel and Assyria were much more antagonistic toward one another, uh, but we can understand from it that they, the Arameans, they certainly love-hate relationship as well, uh, but they participated in the idolatry, the, 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 the idolatrous milieu of the age, and they served all these gods, and um, said she did not abandon this prostitution, this whoredom that she practiced in Egypt. Um, so Ohola was handed over to the Assyrians. And they humiliated her, exposed her nakedness, that's her, you know, her genitals, uh, killed the, them with her with a sword, seized their sons and daughters, the, the children that they had born to God. And then notorious among women, that now in Israel, in, even in Judah, you know, you, you talk to those Israelites in exile in Babylon, and Samaria is a byword for, yep, they committed idolatry, yep, they didn't serve Yahweh correctly, yep, the Assyrians came and led them away. 
So you wouldn't necessarily get a lot of howls of protest against what Ezekiel is saying against Ahola. Uh, but that is not the end of the matter. Her sister Aholava saw this, and she became more corrupt than her sister in her lust and in her whoring, which was worse than that of her sister. She lusted after the Assyrians, governors and commanders, warriors clothed in full armor, horsemen riding on horses, all of them desirable young men. And I saw that she was defiled. They both took the same way. But she carried her whoring further. She saw men portrayed on the wall, the images of the Chaldeans portrayed in vermilion, wearing belts on their waists with flowing turbans on their heads, all of them having the appearance of officers, a likeness of Babylonians whose native land was Chaldea. When she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. And the Babylonians came to her in the, into the bed of love, and they defiled her with their whoring lust. And after she was defiled by them, she turned from them in disgust. When she carried on her whoring so openly and flaunted her nakedness, I turned in disgust from her, as I turned in disgust from her sister." Yet she increased her whoring, remembering the days of her youth when she played the whore in the land of Egypt and lusted after her paramours there, whose members were like those of donkeys and whose issue was like that of horses. Thus you longed for the lewdness of your youth when the Egyptians handled your bosom and pressed your young breasts. Yep, there it is. There's the verse, perhaps the most uh, shocking verse of the Bible, Ezekiel 23:20. Uh, where the Egyptians' uh, penis were like those of donkeys and their semen was like that of stallions or of horses, depending on uh, the translation. Uh, yep, uh, it, it's got some interesting issues, text issues here, but uh, uh, we'll go with it. But understanding all of this in context again, so uh, Jer Jerusalem, the Judites, saw what happened to Ahola, to Samaria, but they continued further. Very much similar to the theme in 16, that... Uh, Samaria is a byword for, for idolatry and, and for faithless service. Uh, so Jerusalem much more so, which of course would offend those in Jerusalem. That uh, And Oholava definitely had this alliance with Assyria. We see this put out in Second Kings and in Second Chronicles where Ahaz made the alliance with Tiglath-Pileser, which led to the end of Israel and Aram. He saw the, the dimension of the altar and had it made and put in the temple in Jerusalem we can see there where the foreign policy and the idolatry come together, where he has made this alliance, he has seen what this, this, clearly the strong gods of the Assyrians, and the Assyrians are so uh, mighty, and wants to serve them. And so we see how uh, foreign policy and, and the idolatry come together. And they have learned of the Chaldeans. Now to understand, we think of Babylon and Babylonians, that's not a great way of looking at it, because Babylon was a city that was started probably by Amorites, um, later, it was overrun by Kassites, uh, then perhaps by Arameans, and at the, the Assyrians ruled over it most of the time. Um, and at this period, when the Assyrians were ascendant uh, in the you know, period around the invasion of uh, in the 8th century uh, of, of Israel and of Judah, uh, it's the Chaldeans, who are actually the people of the swamps to the south of Babylon, who will whenever the Assyrians are busy elsewhere, come into Babylon, try to take it over, try to create insurrection, and when the Assyrians march back down, they fade back into the marshlands. And, of course, uh, in Isaiah and in Second Kings, we read of Hezekiah welcoming Bab uh, Chaldean ambassadors from Babylon. Um, and 
this is this kind of sexual morality that uh, Ezekiel is seeing here. And he's saying that the reason why they went after the Chaldeans like this was because they had been corrupted all the way back in Egypt. Uh, and they lusted for the Babylonians like they had lusted for the Egyptians, for their gods, for the power, for the alliances, for all of that all mixed together. And uh, you know, that's, you know, the, they're being talked about in these vulgar ways uh, because it's a shameful thing. But after this alliance, she turns in disgust. Um, it was great to be allied with Babylon when Assyria was a dominant power, but all of a sudden when you're allied with Babylon, when Babylon becomes a dominant power, now you are in a vassal state again. And that's what Judah has been resisting. They resisted it with Assyria, and that's the turning from disgust. But the problem is, is that God has now turned away in disgust from Aholavah, just like he did with Aholavah, because of the idolatry that they had been doing and their faithlessness because they're putting their trust in foreign policy they're not putting their trust in him and so we see this violent uh, language here this vulgar language here and of course this uh, uh, the idea of this fatal uh, introductory corruption that they experience in Egypt that would persist uh, generation and generation. So we're, we're really looking at a very similar message here than, as we said, in chapter 20, uh, where in chapter 20 it was the uh, things upon which your father's eyes feasted, that the sons looked to the things that their eye, father's eyes feasted, and that idolatry, that, that way of life, the, the Near Eastern attitudes, and that apparently has carried on. And now we're just seeing it in much more vulgar sexual terms, that they've lusted uh, for these, uh, these nations like uh, women lusting for various lovers and men. And now the judgment in verse 22. Therefore, Oholava, thus says Lord Yahweh, Behold, I will stir up against you your lovers from whom you turn in disgust, and I will bring them against you from every side, the Babylonians and all the Chaldeans, Pekod and Shoah and Koah and all the Assyrians with them, desirable young men, governors and commanders and officials and men of renown, all of them riding on horses. And they will come against you from the north with chariots and wagons and a host of peoples. They shall set themselves against you on every side with buckler, shield, and helmet. And I will commit the judgment to them. And they shall judge you according to their judgments. And I will direct my jealousy against you that they may deal with you in fury. They shall cut off your nose and your ears and your survivors shall fall by the sword. They shall seize your sons and your daughters and your survivors shall be devoured by fire. They shall also strip you of your clothes and take away your beautiful jewels. Thus I will put an end to your lewdness and your whoring begun in the land of Egypt, so that you will not lift up your eyes to them or remember Egypt any more. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I will deliver you into the hands of those whom you hate, into the hands of those from whom you turn in disgust, and they shall deal with you in hatred and take away all the fruit of your labor and leave you naked and bare, and the nakedness of your whoring shall be uncovered. Your lewdness and your whoring have brought this upon you, because you played the whore with the nations and defiled yourself with their idols. You have gone the way of your sister, therefore I will give her cup into your hand." Therefore, thus says the Lord Yahweh, You shall drink your sister's cup that is deep and large. You shall be laughed at and held in derision, for it contains much. You will be filled with drunkenness and sorrow, a cup of horror and desolation, the cup of your sister Samaria. You shall drink it and drain it out, and gnaw its shards, and tear your breasts. For I have spoken, declares the Lord Yahweh. 
Thus, therefore, thus says the Lord Yahweh, because you have forgotten me and cast me behind your back, you yourself must bear the consequences for your lewdness and whoring. Yahweh said to me, Son of man, will you judge Aholah and Aholavah? Declare to them their abominations, for they have committed adultery, and blood is on their hands. With their idols they have committed adultery, and they have even offered up to them for food the children whom they have borne to me. Moreover, this they have done to me. They have defiled my sanctuary on the same day and profaned my Sabbaths. For when they had slaughtered their children and sacrificed to their idols, on the same day they came into my sanctuary to profane it. And behold, this is what they did in my house. They even sent for men to come from far, to whom a messenger was sent. But behold, they came. For them you bathed yourself, painted your eyes, and adorned yourself with ornaments. You sat on a stately couch with a table spread before it on which you had placed my incense and my oil. The sound of a carefree multitude was with her, and with the men of a common sort drunkards were brought from the wilderness, and they put bracelets on the hands of the women and beautiful crowns on their heads. Then I said of her who was worn out by adultery, Now they will continue to use her for a whore, even her, for they have gone into her as men go into a prostitute. Thus they went into a hola and a holava, lewd women, but righteous men shall pass judgment on them with the sentence of adulteresses, and with the sentence of women who shed blood, because they are adulteresses, and blood is on their hands. For thus says the Lord Yahweh, Bring a vast host up against them, and make them an object of terror and a plunder. And the host shall stone them and cut them down with their swords. They shall kill their sons and their daughters and burn up their houses. Thus will I put an end to lewdness in the land, that all women may take warning and not commit lewdness as you have done. And they shall return your lewdness upon you, and you shall bear the penalty of your sinful idolatry, and you shall know that I am the Lord Yahweh. So we see... It's very hard to add to that. Uh, and we see an episode there, uh, this episode where we can imagine that they have sent uh, for these uh, members of the nations and they have cl- made, made themselves up uh, looking for sex. And they sat and they laid out all the things God had given to them and gave it to these other gods. And it was carefree. Everything was great. You know, everybody was happy. It was seemed like a great time, very exciting. And everybody wore crowns and bracelets. It was a really beautiful party. And she is worn out by adultery. The kind who has gone and had so much sex, so many people, that the body has been worn out. And now it's time for judgment. And you see some of the, the, the reason for the picture. They have They have served idols. They have even offered up for food, the children that they that God had, that they had given to God, uh, that they had borne, uh, the passing uh, over of the fire of the children of Molech, and they have done these things, and then they would go and serve God in the sanctuary. They would offer their children to Molech, and then come offer sacrifices to Yahweh. They were serving all the gods, so to them it made complete sense. But it was a horror and abomination, and and so that's why we have this very vulgar, this very crass this very uh, explicit language to really shake them to see your foreign policy your idolatry which you've all mixed together uh, have now led to this situation that you're going to be exposed all these nations are coming the chaldeans the remnant of the assyrian army that they've incorporated uh the the aramean tribe the pico to the pukudu uh the Shutu, um the kutu 
all of these different groups from Mesopotamia were coming in this army and were going to destroy the city, humiliate her. All these people she had turned away from and disgust are now coming and they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be suffering the penalty. They're going to die. They're going to be laid waste. They're going to be eliminated as a nation from among the people. They're going to be cast into exile. They're going to suffer the full humiliation. She is going to have to drink the cup of her sister. This cup imagery is something that we see pervasively in many other parts of the Bible. A revelation. The full, unmixed, the cup of the unmixed wine of the wrath of God. And uh, Babylon will have to drink it to the dregs, representing Rome. But here, this cup is coming for the Israelites, specifically Judah. Uh, verses 32 through 34, there's some textual things going on. It's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a poetry thing. But you will drink the cup, you will have to gnaw the pieces of the cup because you're going to be in bitterness and tearing out your breasts because of lamentation, uh, because of all the woe that is coming upon you. Wow, that's a passage, isn't it? A uh, really, really ugly passage. Really, really disgusting passage. And thus really ends the denunciation. Thus ends the denial. I mean the, 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 the denunciation and the uh, condemnation of Jerusalem and Judah. Uh, we're going to see a significant shift uh, beginning with chapter 24 with the uh, announcement of the siege of Jerusalem and the great shift in the book of Ezekiel is about to begin. And we look forward to continuing into that section. Uh, we hope the Lord will bless and keep you until we're able to meet again.